Then I got to the real question is what they gonna say now. What's up? This is Schmitty. Another episode of Talking Schmidt. Today on the program, we got the one and only Jacob Rupp. We're live down at Market Street, just hours before the Warriors Championship Parade. Warriors! Bay Area! Wi-Fi check one, Wi-Fi check two. I want to give a shout out to I think my two favorite people in P-Town now, and that is uh, Brendan Klein and his chica Jessica, who came up just like Brendan did a couple months ago and said hello. And that's all it takes to make somebody's day. I thank you, Jessica. He's a lucky man to have a diamond like you. I thank you both for coming up because that don't happen around here. Or El Granada, Half Moon Bay, or anywhere else on the coast. Nobody says hello. And when they do, it makes my fucking day. Shout out to Jessica and Brendan Klein. PSA, 2015, we were doing parades back then. Warriors! A lot of chatter. A lot of doubters. You ain't ever been there before, bro. We've been there. We know what it takes. So to be here again, hold that. Warriors. Today we're coming at you from the corner of Market and Drum Street. And I got a little, tell you a little story. One year ago from yesterday, my fiance at the time, my bride-to-be right now, my wife, Cheryl and I came down to this corner to take our engagement photos with Andy Kuno. She was on roller skates, I on my skateboard. It was gonna be cute, you know? Turned into a big accident. It was on our anniversary. Yesterday was our seven year anniversary. Warriors. Anyway, Cheryl fell, broke her wrist. That was one year ago today. Yeah, warriors in the house. We got a parade today though. That was gonna be my point. One year ago today on this corner, broken wrist. Today, Warriors Championship Parade. Here we go. To see it in real time, holy cannoli. Holy cannoli. Yep. In case you forget, world champs. Head on down to your local shop. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. This is Jake Rupp. And you're listening to Talking Schmidt 2022. But y'all gonna get this podcast. 
Holy cannoli. It's cool, like tonight is the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big dog's in. Do we really want to be here? Oh, everything's changed. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. Talking Schmidt, dude. <laughs> You're gonna come out different. <laughs> shit in my pants, man. The Rolodex is fucking deep. Holy shit. It's about the one, the one, the one. Who is this guy who thinks he's tough shit? What's up? Come on, Schmitty, what the fuck? Tell the skateboard police to come get me. What is happening? I'm here for Greg Smith. All right, uh, I think my next guest came onto my radar in about 1999 or 2000 when Josh Stewart uh, launched the static video and homie made me feel some type of way about nollies and front side nose slides and ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, this is motherfucking Jake Rupp out in yeah. Maryland or Maryland. Pennsylvania. Right on the Mason-Dixon line, split in half. <laughs> I, claim, I claim both states. Okay, how you living? Good, man, thank you. Everything's fine, moving moving along smoothly. I've been skating a lot lately. Yeah? Healthy, you know. Okay, do we relayer the ramp in the barn? No, we do not, because <laughs> first, the barn would need to be relayered itself, like new roof. Okay. It leaks. There's so many pigeons and bats, bat guano. I harvest the bat guano from my garden, which is cool. Uh, yeah, it's high in nitrogen. Uh, yeah. What what what's your uh, claim to fame in that garden? What, what's your favorite growth? Uh, we do really good with tomatoes and peppers. Um, we Are have we a nice growing season. Are you talking cherry tomatoes or Rome or what? Roma cherry, you know, heirlooms. Ooh. We make a lot of salsa for the cafe. Okay. When the season's right. Um, everything, you know, squash, zucchini. I make a mean pickles, man. Homemade pickles. pickles. Yeah. So how's the process for a pickle? Is it a cucumber and then you you sit it in vinegar or something? How does it work? A, a brine, yeah. So there's two different, there's a couple different kinds of, there's pickling cucumbers and there's like straight smooth ones for salads. So the pickling ones are a little uh, firmer. Uh-huh. And then you make your brine, which is vinegar, salt, some sugar, pickling spice, dill, garlic, onions. Put them in there and let it, let it sit for a week. We call them like table pickles or cold pickles. They don't, we don't can, I don't can them. So, cause there's, we eat them as they come out, you know? Mm. Dude, what if we got you, Bailey and, and Westgate together? We got the cranberries Westgate and then we got fucking avocado city with uh, Bailey. Yeah. We, we just combine forces and we take over the whole industry. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad if you threw the musca in there, too. Uh, the musca, too. <laughs> <laughs> really cool shit going on. Yeah, that's sick. Do you have a, do you, are you into juicing? Sometimes I go through faith, health phases, you know. Okay. We have a juicer, yeah. Just yeah. sip basic stuff. All right. And what about, here's the big question. I'm guessing, well, you, you run a cafe. So are you into coffee or are you more like mate, tea and tea? Coffee. coffee. I drink a lot of mate. I drink the coffee, though, all day long. What's your go-to for coffee? How do you, how do you prepare it? 
we like we have a grinder, so we we grind the beans, and we'd use just a drip, man. Just drip, old school. Uh, do you do you like it with a little hint of cream or sugar or anything, or just straight oh, black? Black. Yep. Oh, okay. Black. Yeah, I like espresso. Mm, yep. Strong and dark. How many do you go through a day? Personally. Dude, I'm pretty chill, like three or four. Three or four? Espressos. I mean, it, it fluctuates. Uh-huh. Depends on how much sleep, you know, and all that jazz. I've been mixing mine up. Uh, I usually get a medium, the exact same blend every morning from my local Cafe Phil's. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to a nutritionist, and they, they had given me this idea where Let's say you get a small instead of a medium a couple of days to fuck with your brain so that it's not dependent on the same amount of caffeine. And then it'll like you won't your tolerance won't. You know what I mean? So you can play with it. And then so if I get like a small for two days and then get a medium, the medium feels like I got two larges. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, It's been fun, man. Um, Yeah. Okay, so talk, tell me, born and raised out there, where, where were you born? Right here in um, Carroll County, Maryland. It's about 40 minutes, 40 mile, 30 miles north of Baltimore City. Uh-huh. And, um, but the Mason-Dixon line, which is the old line that separated the south from the north, it goes through my property. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. There's like markers out there. You know, historians will come out and check shit out sometimes. So Civil War shit, right? Like it divided the North, the Yankees from the South. Yeah, Gettysburg is like 30 miles the other way. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool to check out. A lot of history there. I've been there. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, my uh, uncle was a great historian for uh, United States. So I went to Mississippi and went down to like vicksburg and plantations and like andrew jackson's house and different stuff and then we went to dc and checked out gettysburg and the uh what's the cemetery arlington and arlington yeah yeah Yeah. so i went to like you know my high school and all that in maryland okay hospitals and all that stuff but my kids go to school in pa it was just easier going that way north Okay, so true or false, your kitchen is in Maryland, but your bathroom is in Pennsylvania. False. Everything (laughs) is in Pennsylvania. Corner of the property is in Maryland. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Well, so the barn, the ramp is in uh, Maryland. No, it's in PA. PA. But you can throw a rock into Maryland. Literally, you could throw a rock into Maryland. Oh, shit. Okay. And it, and it would land on my property in Maryland. Yeah. So how did you, how did you like get into skateboarding out there? Yeah. Some local kids when I was, you know, 11, 12, 11, had some boards like um, maybe Vision, maybe a Gator or something even. I re- kind of remember that graphic in town. Mm. Just the older kids, pretty standard, like, oh, that's cool. I want to try that. And uh, in my mom, we've always been in the restaurant business. So 30 years ago, we had a restaurant in the little town in Maryland. Okay. So there's sidewalks and grocery stores and paved, you know, pavement. 
And from, you know, that 89, I guess, it was about 89, 90. I, that was it. It was over, man. That's just, First like eighty nine. First was the album, Bill Danforth. Some of you know who I am. Some of you don't. Ooh, with the slasher. Yep. Like speed balls or something. Trackers, blue trackers. Okay. Yeah. And are you instantly like in tune with maybe magazines or something? Like, do you know about the industry and like, oh, this guy's amazing, or that's not? Like, did I, you have pictures on your walls and stuff? Yeah. Sure. Within a year or two, uh-huh. you know, had, was definitely reading Thrasher religiously. Who were your guys? Was Bill Danforth one of your guy, or was that just coincidence? Yeah, so that was just a coincidence because I feel like that board was more in the 80s and it mm-hmm. was still hanging at the shop at that point. Uh-huh. Um, I remember having like Heath Kirchard and the or foundation I really liked early on. Okay. Uh, a visual stereo video, a visual sound. Yeah. Remember, you know, we cut ads out of Thrasher and make my own and stick them up. Paulo Diaz, heavy influence? Heavy influence. Man, have you seen his Instagram? I just look at his Instagram like, wow. Yeah. Heavy influence. Yeah. I, I still, um, it's just magical to me. Right. This whole deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, my- Mike Dare, Mike Dare was Shout out. one of my favorites, top three, you know. For sure. He is so just, good. So good in that early SF stuff was magical. Uh-huh. So, and then I got to meet, then I became friends with him once I got out there, you know. It was cool. Yeah, that's crazy to just like see your kind of like I don't know if idol's too strong of a word, but like you see these guys you look up to, and then next thing you know, you're skating with them and you're kind of their equal. And I think a lot of times that's what people have said that is so cool about skateboarding. It's not like uh, NFL where like you can't, you're never going to be like going to play catch with Jerry Rice, you know, but like you might skate a hill with Donnie Barley. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Yeah, Donnie Barley's a big influence too. He's got to be yeah. big supporter of mine. He 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 was always in my corner and helped me out a lot. Sick, Donnie's a shit. I mean, the Eastern Exposure—that's yeah, one of your top vids, probably. Yeah, because I would have been like fifteen at that point when that okay. started to come out, and then and then yeah, that was big time. Dan, that whole Dan Wolf era. And I was local too, so those guys were around, like DC, Philly. Like you would see, like oh shit, they were in town. That's crazy. Uh huh. Yeah. Do you remember your first glimpse, like in real life, like seeing somebody for the first time, like oh shit, or or skating with whatever came first? Was it a demo or whatever? Like early on, I remember seeing Bucky Lassick. My shit's taken care of. Oh yeah, he's from Maryland. He's from Baltimore, yep. And he had a, there was Brandon Novak. Shout out. He wrote for Powell back then, his friend. And those guys were really, that was cool because I knew that was fucking Powell Peralta, Bucky Lassick. (laughs) Arguably the best vert skater of all time. And it was like skating street too, uh, frontside kick foot nose slide on this little curb ledge. That was not in the, so that could give you a reference. That was like 94, maybe 95. Like that trick had just came out. 
the kick front side flip no slide on a curb or leg. Yeah. I think so around then, you know what I mean? That's amazing. What's the origin story of your ramp? Like, obviously, you're you're living on an area that you probably need a ramp. Otherwise, you have to drive into town to get to the streets and stuff. So was that was that it or how did it go? Yeah. So when we were so we had the restaurant in town with a big blacktop parking lot. Mm. We always build quarter pipes. That was the, the early, early days. And then in the barn, man, the first ramp in the barn, we didn't have templates. We used hay bales and just had the Masonite or Luan. I think it was Luan back then. And we would just have it somehow rigged up in there. <laughs> and then got some older friends that were like, dude, we're going to build one. And we built a spine, originally a six spine. Oh, there's some old photos of it. And then, and then build a, a decent mitting ramp, which is what most people are familiar with. Right. I, I was talking to Pales uh, the other day and I was I couldn't remember the actual trick, but in my mind, there's a photo. It, it might be just a stylish front side ollie. Matt was saying he thinks it was a back tail, but I, I, I don't know. You probably know. Anyway, the the lighting coming through the the barn slats, it was like a it was like there's no lights, but the light from outside was coming. It was like a beautiful picture. It is. It's so photogenic. Um, uh, I think it was a frontside ollie, maybe. Yeah. John Maring shot some good photos there, but also McGrath had seen it once or twice. Dennis. Dennis, he was out there. He might have a photo that floated around. Okay. Interesting. And, okay. And the person that ripped it the hardest was Lucian Moon. I'm not claiming. He destroyed it. Through trips, he was out out east and would come stay at the house here and there with the crew. But uh, I'll never forget that he he destroyed it. Huh? Straight from uh, Soma County, or where you know he's from up there somewhere. He, okay, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Like maybe from where Sapva's from. Okay, yeah, yeah. Where's your first uh, free thing? Who? How do you get like? hooked up from a shop did somebody give you a set of wheels like what was yeah. your first free item yeah there was like a little shop that the homie a local shop it was called empire mm. and they had opened up and this was like the early early days of pit crew yeah and pit crew is like an hour from me in in maryland but it was this shop called Empire, and it was like the local shop, like shop sponsor, you know, set of wheels, whatever, grip tape. But then that faded within a year. And I, I went to pit, pit crew immediately, was like, come with us, come hang with us. And then through that, you know, I don't know if you're, I, I rode for this little company called Coffee with Pat Smith and Steve Ball. Shout oh, out. It, it was um, Coffee Skateboards? Yeah, out of Annapolis, Maryland. And Gordon Eckler. Oh, my Ooh. goodness. <laughs> so it was a cool crew. Huh, yeah, Gordon's out here now. Yeah, I see him sometimes, yeah, flow on oh. Instagram. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, what, what was Pitt Crew's deal? What was, how, what was, where did the name, like for me, when I saw Pitt Crew, I'm thinking Pittsburgh, but it was Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, they were into they're into cars like rally cars. Oh, okay. The, so the pit, the pit crew, yeah. Okay, was and, it? Uh, it was um, NASCAR. 
No, like um, more F1? like the the diesel, uh, the like the rally cars, or is that? Oh, rally cars. Like ten block, mate, like that kind of stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not NASCAR. Uh huh. Um, that's like where I live, NASCAR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were just so solid and one hundred percent. Those the Tim and Malcolm are their name that own pit crew owned it. They were just one hundred percent skateboarders and were down to support the crew that skated in the area. It was Sean Mullendore was part of it, you know. Oh, okay. And eventually Bobby Morris and Shout some out. heavy hitters ran through there. Yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah. And, right. and it was a real shop sponsor. Like, here's some money, go to Tampa, go to Pittsburgh, take some boards, some shoes, whatever you guys want to do. Yeah, and that was at a time where like their name as a skate shop was almost on the level with like brands. It was, it was like a, a skate shop you knew about, even if you didn't live out there, like kind of like FTC, you know, right. like there, there's pit crew, there was FTC. Now there's a whole bunch of shops that are doing it like, you know, right. to that level. But I remember at that time it was like, there was only a few skate shops you knew of countrywide at that time. Yeah. Yeah, it crew was one of them. What about Pat Smith? How did you guys get along and how did you get to know him? Pat, Pat's only he lived like 30 minutes from me and he's oh. a little older. Yeah, we're like in the same area. Uh huh. You know how it was in the 90s, especially out here. Like there wasn't a lot of skaters, so we all knew each other. And uh, and he was older and he could drive. And, and he's a skate rat. Like, he is the fucking skate rat. <laughs> Still yeah. to this day. Yep. So he saw me and was like, I want to hang out. You know, like this kid, I'm, he needs to come hang out with me. And, and he took me around and we were, we're best friends still, you know? Oh, really? You talk to him still? Yeah. Yep. He's up in Brooklyn and he comes down here every once in a while and visit family. Rad. Yeah. yeah, but Pat's tight. He, when he moved to SF, he and I would film a bunch and uh, cruise around. He's a he's an opinionated person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. He's got the, the, the East Coast in him. The his yeah. like you just you know the black label and all this stuff. It's great. Yeah, I I've told this story before, but I think it's something you could relate to. When my friend Phil Shaw went back east and for the first time. I hadn't been back there as skateboarding hadn't taken me there yet. And Phil came back from the East coast. And the first thing he said was Matt reason. Like that mm-hmm. was that he was like, oh, him, he was like Matt reason, Ricky Iola. These dudes are how we need to skate. They never stop pushing and they never get on a, they don't go on public transportation. They just skate everywhere. And he's like, it was so sick. And he was oh, tired. Shit. Yeah, and I know those guys were big influences in, in your terrain as well. Yes. Once I got a little older, like 16, 17, then I could make the trips to Philly. Uh-huh. And I would go up there with this guy from D.C. You might remember Greg Harris was his Greg, name. Yep. Yeah, he rode for some, like, cap, uh, nicotine, like that East Coast urethane crew. Mm-hmm. And then Silver Star. He rode for so he knew Rick and Serge them, and he brought me up there and introduced me to those guys huh. in like '96, '97, and just like no, I don't like I had like a pit crew sponsor maybe, 
but Rick was like, uh, you know, I got like Illuminati boards at one point. That was when they were on Zoo York. Okay. And that all faded out. And then he did Silver Star and Nicotine and First Division. And he's, he was like, come, come with us. Come with me. And that was cool for a couple of years. Was that after coffee? That was after coffee, yes. So is coffee kind of your first sponsor? Yes, but briefly, though, there was a company out of Marco Island called Elite in Florida. Marco Island. It was called Elite Skateboards. Uh I did it. And it was me and Scott Bazell. Shout out. Scott Bazell. Yeah, you gnarly, a lot of pop. Yeah. Yeah. So it was called Elite Skateboards, man. The kid, the guy would send me like three boards of some shirts. It was cool. Just the homie, you know, but I was Elite Coffee and then, you know, Silver Star and Nicotine. So Silver Star was kind of you were on there for more lengthy time. The other ones were kind of like briefer stints. Briefly. And Silver Star was big. You know, they were, they, it was all over the world at that point. Ricky Iola, Serge, Tronowski. And then Capital Skateboard, you know, they had Kevin Taylor. Shout out. Carlos Kenner. And we would mingle with those guys because it was all under the same umbrella. Uh-huh. Did you have like an Embarcadero or some type of place where you guys would all meet up and start like pretty regularly? Did you have like a hangout spot out there? Not in my town, not in my area. Uh-huh. I would go down to Pulaski. Yeah. Like I would leave high school at three and drive, you know, it takes an hour, an hour to get there. I'd be down there by four or five and skate all evening. Mm. That was pretty, that was an, a big eye opener for me because I was a big scene that Pep was around, Andy Stone. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jim Gordy, Chris Hall. Chris Hall, yeah. Yeah, and those guys were already, like, established. Uh-huh. They were doing it. Was there uh, any, like, things that you picked up in skateboarding? Like, out here, I always say, like, we were kind of immediately in tune with when you land a trick, you don't look around to make sure anyone's looking. You know, they called it beaming. Like, you don't look around to see if anyone saw what you did. Like, yeah. was there anything like that out there that were little things that you picked up immediately? Like, I can't kook it by doing this. Like, yeah, you know, That's like no, no black socks. <laughs> yeah, I like I like your your example. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we used to have the mini ramp champ that would do front side airs and stare at you. And you'd just be like, you're a kook, you're cut. Like you know. the, uh, the marathon line, the guy that drops in and never stops. Right. Like, Fuck, man. Come on. I learned that at an early age. Yeah. Try the- something you can't do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like a tail slide where your heels dragging on the ledge or a nose one slides and even easier one to drag your heel he, uh-huh. That's kind of, we was, you know that goes out the window right because <laughs> yeah. it's like a prop right it's like a, it's like well you're not on the board your foot's on the fucking ledge mm-hmm. did you guys uh what was your first skate trip what did silver star go on a trip yeah it was epic man it was in like 97 Yes, we got in the van with Ricky Iola, Kevin Taylor, Serge Canasi, AJ Mazoo. Oh, AJ. 
Julius Reeves was the photographer. Um, and we went uh, down south and went over to New Orleans. We did demos through into Texas, I think. It was in, you know, there's old footage somewhere, one of the videos. 411 or something? Something like that, yeah. Um, that was a big trip, and that was one of my first real trips like in the band. Were you nervous or just stoked or what? I was a little nervous and a little nervous to like, I don't know if I could keep up with Rick smoking, you know, <laughs> at that point in his life. Yeah. Um, it, it, I was easy, but I knew those guys from skate and Philly. So it was pretty, pretty easy transition. And we we're all on the same page. There's just cool dudes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, is that around the, like, when did you get into Rasta and all that? About that time, uh huh. You know, I was it? really influenced by Fields. Shout Matt out, okay. Matt Fields and Quim Cardona, and uh, you know my good friend Craig Najedly from Satori. Shout yeah. out. We were you know younger and getting into that and figuring out different lifestyles and eating hallucinogenics. You know, you know, let's like maybe we can eat better and stretch and. You know, some of uh, the Rasta philosophy. Mm. I could relate to like the gardening and the natural aspect because of living off the land and, and putting in shit into your body that's pure, not shit stuff. And those philosophies really struck struck with me. And the music, of course, like just tickled my soul. It still does. It's a, um, you know, mystical religion. Those philosophies guided me. Uh-huh. In a positive way. Okay. Get me out of trouble. Yeah. And early on, I mean, Matt was a huge influence with that stuff, right? He was kind of one of the OG skaters that developed that. Um, I mean, with iPath and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Those early real videos with Matt and his dog and like the, his young daughter at the time. Uh-huh. Those were heavy. Yeah. Did, and it was interesting to me too. There was a, a lot of you guys were really in the nollie game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. Like, like, like I have long legs. Like uh-huh. I have a shorter torso, but a longer lower body, and I, I they just work for me. Nollies. Uh huh. They work for me. <laughs> what about like a what about fakey ollie? Do you do you think of oh. it the same way? No, no, no. It fakey feels like going backwards. Uh huh. But Nolly was, it just felt good, man. And I was good at it. I got better at it. Super good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. How important is the diet and stretching and stuff to you? Like, what kind of regiments are you working with with that stuff? Man, at 43, I'm pretty loosey goosey. If I don't, if, it depends how I feel that day. I like to stretch. I'll lay on the floor, yoga ball. Um, I try to have a balance with diet too. I eat, I'll eat anything basically. Oh. But I have a, a base of a plant-based diet and a knowledge of a lot of that, the health benefits and the benefits of juicing and how to juice and because we did all that for a long years and vegetarianism veganism studied it read when we used to have books yeah books were so cool back then right 
you know, and the philosophy books of what, about Rasta, about Eastern religions were a big part of our, our deal. As a vegetarian or vegan, what is the key to like, keep, how do you keep like uh, protein in these, like, what are you feasting off tofu or like what kind of things? Yeah, I, I always felt good. I love tofu. Man. I really like tacos. I eat meat too. You know, I eat oh, yeah, okay. I do. Yeah. A balance. That's as I got older, I, I learned that a balance was better for me than a strict diet. Yep. And, and when you're younger, we got into these like Eastern philosophies and Rasta. There was a, t- I felt for myself, there was a tendency to be so fucking rigid. Like, this is like no Pornhub. Like, you know, like no beer. Yeah. Like, oh, you can't be so rigid. Mm. I, for myself, I felt. I've been tripping on this for a, for a minute and a half, right? How come we're skateboarders? And what's the most important thing to us? Balance. Balance. And why did it take us so long to realize, like, you know, like if you drink, you don't have to drink 40 beers. Like, don't tip the scale one way. Everything in moderation. Like in skateboarding, we know like balance is key. Life is balance as well. And like, so to throw it all in there, like a little of this, but then a little of that. And like, you know. Yeah, that's some wisdom right it's there. It's crazy, buddy. right? Talking shit, dude. <laughs> I'm going to think about that for the rest of the night. Yeah. Some, I mean, I wish, yeah. There's so many things I'm like, hmm. Whoa, that was heavy. But stretching was so good, man. Just just laying on the floor and like, just like a cat, you know, like that, that really helps in skate for me, skateboarding. Well, you mentioned your age. I did not. I've I've been scolded in the past that I'm not allowed to mention people's ages on the podcast, apparently. Um, but as as you've gotten older, when you wake up in the morning, is it a process or do you, are you good to go right out of bed? Like for me, I got to like do these neck exercises every morning just to kind of like because I have like arthritis in my shoulders and necks. So I get real, uh, you know stiff and yeah. so I, I need to loosen up are you like good to go like a cat or you got to do some morning no i pretty much am up and going oh up. lucky and and part of that is my brain like i don't mm. my or my patience i don't have much patience um, that's why you don't see me do too many manual tricks <laughs> but uh that coffee man or cigarette tobacco weed that gets me going mm. oh dude if i slam though that day that next morning usually sucks more than it did 10 years ago 20 years ago yeah my ankles really if i tweak my ankle it's probably a month that just a, a, a small tweak i can feel it for like a month where it was before it was like a day and a half or two days or you yeah. put some arnica on it or put, just wear high tops for a week. Now mm-hmm. it's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, similar to that, like those um, techniques were great for me. But now I have to wear a compression stocking for poor circulation on my left leg. Okay. Which is like a weird age thing, you know, for me, um, just to keep the circuit because it swells up sometimes. So I have to wear the compression stocking. And I think some of that is from not skating as much, not being as, because when I was more active, it didn't swell up. Yeah, blood circulation is super key. 
And, and, and I, I cook, so I'm on my feet all day. Oh, okay. If you were going to have people over and you want to impress them, what would your meal be that you would cook? Coconut curry. Ooh, yep. that sounds bomb. I love coconut. Short grain, organic brown rice. Ludenberg's is the brand. That's my uh-huh. favorite. Rice cooker. Rice pot. I love. Dude, I can fucking tear up a soup pot of rice, too. I know how to do that. Bro, I need that. Because oh, yeah. that takes a little bit more skill. Uh-huh. Um, but coconut curry, man, lemongrass, tofu. I like tofu, but if special guests, we can add shrimp or chicken. Uh-huh. Sick. Bunch of uh, vegetables. Yeah. I asked Laban. Laban's vegan. And I was like, okay, you you could have the any meal for the day. Like treat yourself. Money is no object. And he was like, just a good avocado. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was like, that's it. He's like, that's all I need. I was like, wow. Simpler times. At the cafe here, we couldn't sell something like that. We sell Rubens, breakfast sandwiches, club Mm. sandwiches, you know, um, lunch meat sandwiches. Okay. What's the name? uh, We have a panini machine for Rubens' press sandwiches. Oh, sick. The name is MJ's Cafe and Bakery. My mom's name is Mary Jo. Oh. It's my mom, I, and my brother, Luke. And she's been running it for 30 years? So our cafe we have here for five years. Previous to that, we had a a full-on restaurant with a bar for 55 years. Old school. Like my grandparents started it, and my mom took it over when she was a teenager with with her mom, my grandma. No way. Like, you know, dance floor, kind of honky-tonkish, fried chicken, steaks, seafood, crabs. We're in Maryland, so, you know. Dude, you got any photos? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a long it, – it was like a, a, a – uh, what do you call it? It was an establishment in the area. Like, it was uh, – I can't think of the word, but people went there. The community, you could – Get the news, see your friends, eat, catch up on the, the town happenings. Mm. That, was, dude, that was 55 years. Like I was born and raised in the restaurant and the bar, you know? Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, it was a, I had a pretty special childhood growing up in a place like that. Uh-huh. You left there for a while? So my history with that is I would go to um, S. I would come to SF periodically for months at a time. Oh, just couch surfer? Yeah, just couch surfing. I never had my own place or would stay longer than like five, six months. Oh, okay. I'm, like, I'm a homebody, man. Like I would miss, I miss home. And like the cities, like even going to, you know, what we do, young kid, us skating, move to New York. I could, I could stay in New York, but I would always have to come. It was just too, too much to be there for extended times. Okay. You know, and when I was in SF, I was in the park half the time <laughs> in Golden <laughs> or at the beach, you know, uh-huh. awesome. But I, thankfully, man, my friends from San Francisco that, that took, invited me out were like, anytime you got a place. Oh, rad. And just be older now and look back on that. I mean, you know how it is to go to SF. It's sometimes going to be difficult for younger skaters. Yeah. These days, it's a much different world, too. I mean, 
the it's crazy out here. A lot of homeless, a lot of drugs, a lot of like uh, mental illness. Yeah. It's yeah. Pretty, it's pretty. It's a serious concrete jungle right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what happened to Silver Star? What? Why did you part ways? Did it go out of business? So, yes, it did. So the, the guy's name that owned that whole thing, his name was Mike Agnew. The money man, East of East Coast urethane, which mm-hmm. umbrella Silver Star. So, uh, I think he just spent all the money. I think the rumor was he gambled it all the way. Oh, you know, like the classic story, like dude didn't skate, but he was down and had money and could do this stuff. And he just I guess he was over it. OK. And then I heard a rumor through the grapevine that you called Toy Machine asking for Jamie Thomas after that. I did. I think I did from fucking Matt Dennis's house, Dennis McGrath. Oh, really? Because I was like in SF and, you know, at that I was getting bored and I was getting a paycheck too, a couple hundred dollars from Silver Star. Uh huh. And it was like, it, like, I think Rick had called. It was like, like within a day, it was done. Like eat Silver Star Capital. Nick, it was like fucking gone. Hmm. And um, I had met Jamie at Tampa and he was stoked. He was like, you ever want some boards? Call me. You know, I'm like, okay. So I had that in my head and I'm like, you don't have any money. I I want, I need some boards. So I called him and I don't even know. I don't even remember what, if I talked to him, I don't remember the situation. Huh? uh, Yeah. Just like a young impulse thing. I was 18. I did ask for Jamie, but he told me to call him too. Man. I met him in Tampa. Uh huh. That's amazing. Um, Let yeah, me talk awesome. to Jamie. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's some fucking stoner punk. This guy's got bud. I want to talk about the static video though. That was like it really was sick. That Josh Stewart's an amazing cinematographer. First of all, the video is iconic. I mean, it was it really it was rad. And then you had a part that came in kind of in the middle of the credits mm-hmm. as like almost as an afterthought. Was that intentional or was that back in the day where they used to edit um, tape to tape? So you had to put yours at the end or like, how'd that go? Yeah, it was intentional on Josh's part because he had been working on the video for a year or two and he had, you know, all the rest of those skaters locked in and filming their parts and he had called he had cold called me there's like the story of that when we used to just have to call people and he got a hold of me up here in maryland from florida and was like if you're coming to tampa this year da, 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 you want to go on some trips and within a month period i had gone on some trips with them and i got enough footage for a part but he had already was working on the editing for all these other guys so he was like let's throw you in the credit so it was intentional Okay. And yeah, and the the static that was in the credits, it was it just worked out. And dude, they premiered it in Florida. It was so sick when they premiered because everybody's like, Yeah, good video. Then all of a sudden it's static and it came my part. What was the song again? It was um I don't remember the artist, man, but it was like like Indian, like Uh, Tablas and Tabla. Okay. Because in in those days, you didn't need the rights to music. I mean, the the soundtrack was like Cool Keith, Dinosaur Jr., Pixies. Like, it was an epic soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. 
Josh Stewart, man, he's great. Talk about that trip to California. Uh, that was kind of where you got most of your footage, right? You guys went cross country to California from back there. Yeah. Was that with Solego? Yeah. It was Solego, Sean Molendor, Joel Meinholz. Shout out. Steve, oh, Brand- <laughs> Steve Brandy and me and Josh. Uh, was that crazy? It was awesome. And we weren't even in like a van. It was like Josh's rodeo or something, you know, like an SUV. Oh, shit. And it was all funded by him and, and our, uh, you know, we, our money for it to eat and shit. It wasn't, we didn't have, uh, I guess we had some board sponsors at that point, all of us. Mm. Uh, it was great, man. Joel Meinholz, what a legend, you know, Miami legend. Yeah. Lego's a beast. Mullendore, Steve Brandy. Do you remember anything that sticks out from the trip? Was there one like crazy moment or anything that you remember? Dude, Mullen, Sean Mullendore, you know, he's such a freak. I think he lasted like a day. In D- we met in D.C. and within 24 hours, he went back home to Maryland. Oh, oh really? Yeah. It, you know, just like, you know, it just wasn't his thing. He was, okay. He was too low key for that. Uh-huh. And then Meinholz broke his arm one day. That sucked the whole thing. That was crazy. Josh is all into aliens and conspiracy theories. So we went to Area 51. Oh, did you? And kind of geeked out in the middle of the night. Uh-huh. That was fun. That was epic. Oh, yeah. Like the late 90s, you know? You know. Yeah. I mean, traveling, I don't know if that was your first time across country, but like, Going across country and kind of probably still in that era. I think it's a little bit before phones. Like you've got the big um, map thing. I forget what it was mm-hmm. called, Macaulay's or whatever. Yeah. And you got and you got your points of references. Like we're going to Flagstaff, and then we're going to here, and in between is the Grand Canyon. We got to hit the Grand Canyon. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and having an atlas, like a road atlas. Yeah, road atlas. Exactly. That's yeah, it. man. Oh, fuck. Um, have you seen uh, Meinholz has these like high ollie contests and bars and stuff? I don't know if he's still doing it, but it was like we did one in Austin, Texas, like years back. It was pretty funny. Sick. I, I don't think I remember that or see it. Saw that one. That's cool. <laughs> it sounds perfect. Yeah. So how did getting on Ele- Element go? Yeah. Um, that was before cell phones, too. I got a Donnie Barley called me cold called me no way did you know uh, him? i knew him from woodward because i had like work, washed dishes at woodward and we knew some people up there and met donnie was a pro and worked there mm. so i i knew him and he was cool we were cool and then it, since he was from you know connecticut he would come down to philly he might have passed through maryland or dc in the 90s so we i had seen him and he knew he was impressed with me. So he called and was like, we, we're going to put another person on the team. You want to come out here? Dude, they flew me out to San Diego. It was Bill Pepper and Kenny Hughes. That was my initiation to see if I passed the test. Ooh. In a hotel room with them. And I had knew Kenny a little bit, but not Billy. I was a little bit intimidated by Billy. <laughs> yeah. Because like of the big brother shit, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of, they were intimidating. 
Was that after Billy came into Thrasher too and hit Jake? I forget, man. I think that was after. <laughs> That's a great story. I, I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah. But, but we were in San Diego. It was like a trade show. And, and I wasn't on. Like they, I was flow. Like they flew me in. Mm. Hang out with the dudes. We got super drunk. Billy drove down from Northern California in his white Acura that he just got. The next morning, he couldn't drive. He was like, dude, I can't drive. Can you drive a stick? I'm like 19, 20, and I can drive a stick, but I'm not real versed. And I was like, fuck yeah. So I drove Billy Pepper up to San Francisco, and he was sobered up by then. <laughs> I stayed in SF, and he went home. And, and he was like, he's put the dude on the team. Put him on element. <laughs> he got me home. He's yeah. on. And Kenny was like, of course. Everybody. Reese Forbes. Everybody was down. Oh, right. Reese, too. Yeah. What about Tosh? You guys got you got a lot of Tosh Townen in your life, right? Yeah, and one and in the beginning he was little, like he, he was a kid. Kid was he kind of like a surf protege that got into skating? He was more surfing before he skated, or or no? I feel like both, but his dad is a famous surfer, right? Yeah, like Australian. Yeah, like gnarly. Uh, not the singer Peter Townsend, right? Oh, there's, no. there's Townsend, you know. So yeah, knowledge surf, mm. surf culture that he was born into. But I think he did both. Like in his, I'm pretty, you know, he was both. Like he did surf and skated a lot when he was younger, right? But then when he when he was on Element, he was a hundred percent skate or die. Yeah, and he was cool. Like he had so much energy. You know, what I mean, it was. You know, at all, it was go time at any time with him around. It was fun. Yep. Yeah. I think that he was on King of the Road with Element. I, dude, I couldn't go on that. Like I was supposed to go, but um, I I had it. We had just gotten back from Japan. I remember that because I was bummed, dude. I was like, fuck, I could have gone on that. I, like Brent, I think Brent might have been on it actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I. I I could have gone because Dewitt was around, you know. Mm, yeah. But I, re I remember that. That was cool. I remember watching the, the show with Tosh on it and shit. The Element guys. Do you, have you talked to Tosh recently? Just briefly through Instagram. Mm, is he um, doing all right? He seems like he's doing well. Yeah. Okay. Down, down there in like Long Beach or Huntington, Huntington. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think he was on a... Um... TV show about making fish tanks and they made a quarter pipe to a fish tank and he was skating the fish tank. I'm pretty oh, sure. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. That sounds cool. Some crazy shit. Uh, yeah. What was it like touring? Did you get to tour with Bam and Mike V? Yeah. Bam was cool. Um, went to Japan with Bam. That was cool. And this is what, that was early. That's when Bam was skateboard Bam, Bam. He was ripping, ripping. Uh-huh. Mike V, we did demos and tours with Mike V, you know. I did my little ollies and he did his Mike V thing. <laughs> he's a, a one-man demo, right? Hell yeah. It was insane. Like the fucking, the course fell apart. Like there, like it was. He burned. He destroyed it every time. The rail from his foot planes, the railings were broken. Yeah, and he's gnarly. He'll he'll drive the entire time. Like he's he's got it. And like 
he did that one trip by himself and he documented the whole thing and he, yeah. he, he drove, he, he to- did the demos. He's playing music. Like that guy's got so much goddamn energy, so much energy. And, he, and it would be a little intimidating because we'd be smoking out the van. He didn't care. Huh. He like put the window up, you know, he didn't care. Okay. As an, as an elder, you know, I respected him as an elder, like, dude, we don't want to like fuck his bot shit up here. <laughs> like, yeah, Holy bunch of kids. <laughs> well, did you guys get any special like five star treatment with like when you were going on certain trips compared to other trips? Like, Bam had the most board sales I think in the history of skateboarding. Uh, <laughs> was was he getting like um, the jackass type of vibe or not till later or what? I'm gonna say from the from my start with Element to the end, we had five star hotels. Oh. It was pretty luxurious every fucking trip. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, they didn't skimp on anything huh. at that point because Bam Bam got on when I got on right okay. at the same time. About oh, okay. So you know, as soon as he got on, that money was coming in. <laughs> And, and and the offers were come. People wanted us. They wanted the element to come everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Colt Cannon was there. Was Shout cool. out, Colt's the homie. He grew up uh, town down from me. Okay, cool. Because when I was first out there in the back in the late nineties, I had met him in the city, and he was like, "Yeah, I just came down for the day." It's, you know, I'm like, cool, man. It's cool. Before element. Yeah, he was on Think. Um, I worked for Think, and then Colt was on Think, and then that didn't work out, and he went to Element, and that's where he got pro. And, and I mean, he was good. Yeah, I want to say I met him through Pete Thompson that day. Probably, yeah. Might have been taking photos. This was, like you said, the Think times. Well, when you pull up to hotels and demos and stuff, are there just girls everywhere and, like, tons of kids screaming? Like, is it pretty crazy? Dude, it got a little crazy with that BAM madness. Uh, um, and that went on for years, too. People are showing up with 12 packs ready to party with BAM or like whatever. Everything. Yeah. And yeah. he would disappear, you know, because he was probably at the mansion or who somebody's mansion or whatever, <laughs> with whoever he hangs out with. Uh, we're at the hotel bar, you know. Was he on a schedule, though? Like, I know Tony Hawk, when he goes on trips, sometimes he's up early and goes, does radio interviews and all kinds of shit. You would see, like, Ryan Kingman <laughs> and Ryan DeWitt pulling their hair out. You're trying to deal with the scheduling. Yes, the interviews, the David Letterman, T, you know, all that shit, TMZ, whatever was he, he was on. Was he on David Letterman? On Letterman? I don't know if he was on Letterman. <laughs> Dude, that's bucket list. Dude, my friend Tom Colton from Lancaster was, he grew like this big squash, like this record fucking squash and was on there back in the day. Holy shit. Funny song. Oh, man. Uh, what about photos to video? Like, did you have a preference? Were, were you like into filming or shooting photos or were you more of just like one of the guys that just wants to go and skate and not have that like... Uh, what do they call it? That bail gun. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I had the uh, photos. I always like. I like shooting photos, and um, because those guys were so crazy. Like the, you know, Dennis McGrath was a big supporter of mine. We shot mm. a lot in the early days. 
I really like photos. I like magazines, man. I like love that shit. And and video, I like, but like I told you, my patience. I'm just skating because it makes me feel good. Like if I got to work for it, then it's not fun anymore. Uh-huh. For me. And I, and I do, I get the moments where I'll battle a trick and when I get it, it's relieving and that's what I want. But yeah, the video, like, that's why I don't have too many video parts. I feel like I have a couple here and there and I never, pay, I never focused on them. It was like, which probably drove the companies crazy. Right. I well, just wanted that worker that way. Well, we've seen the evolution of it all. When in the beginning of video, video, it was, and Tommy Guerrero will tell you this, and the guys from PAL, the filmer just came out and documented what was going on. And if you made something, it didn't care how shitty you made it, you were done and we're going to the next spot. And at some point, it became an art piece where it's like, no, I have to do the best thing. I have to do it as good as I can do it. And it put enormous and we got to do, I'm not exactly sure. I, I'd love to know the origin story of the NBD where all of a sudden people were like, or ABD, like, nope, somebody already did that there. You can't do it. Like, when yeah. did that start? Because it wasn't always there. Obviously, vert skaters did lean air after lean air after lean air. It's mm -hmm. not like, nope, Chris Miller already did a lean air. You know yeah. what I mean? So like yeah. street skating definitely brought that to the thing. And then with video and the pressure of all that, it really upped the ante for everybody. And I think that was, I, I think totally hear what you're saying as far as like, as far as a skater or a videographer, I'm way more down to go just film what's going on, you mm -hmm. know? But when we're filming, like I've been to Pier 7 a lot in my days, and I don't yeah. know how many tricks I've actually filmed, put it that way. Like a lot of days watching these guys try to do a manual trick. But it's like, dude, I got tapes and tapes of attempts. Of bails, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think like the static trip, it makes sense. Like where, whenever you're at a new spot, you can film something cool because it's like, nobody's seen this. I've never skated this. And you have that vibe. But when you're like, shit, I already kickflip front boarded that. What am I going to do now? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, do they still use that ABDs with the young kid these days? Because yeah. They do. Everything's been done. I'll tell you, man, I don't think I've ever filmed a trick with a generator. If I have, it might have been one because I, that didn't make any sense to me. Like, that's too, much work. that's too much work. No, too much work. Like I said, I'm trying to not work. I get it. See, I wasn't a good businessman. That's why I'm at the, doing this. You know, I was never like. I couldn't grab that by the balls, maybe like Jamie Thomas or some of these guys that were like, dude, this is, and you know, I was like, I, it didn't feel right yeah. to work to get the gen. I'm like, I'm not, that sucks. I want to be like discreet and low key and under in the gutter behind the supermarket, <laughs> you know, quietly. And if you see it, you see it. Right. Were you still on element when Nigel got on? Yeah, Nijah and his dad went on a lot of trips with us. Little no Nijah. Okay. Little tiny Nijah, yeah. Was that crazy seeing how his dad operated with him? Yeah, yeah. I was there, man. It was, um, talk about being rigid. Kind of like were, a, a soccer mom, like, telling him yeah. how to do it. 
Yes, which was uncomfortable at times because that was way out of our like fucking our world. You know, we didn't have soccer moms or skate dads and stuff. Mm, skate coach. Skate coach, yeah. And 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 you know, he's a he has some strict philosophies, righteous philosophies, you know. Mm-hmm. About diet and alcohol and things. Right. So, interesting being in a band with a bunch of like skaters or like being like young and having fun and then kind of this man like wait they would go in the same van or they'd go satellite vehicle they go in the same van oh shit and his brother a i'm sure you've met a before no, no, a a couple of his brothers would go too sometimes <laughs> oh man yeah it was a trip we like we went to Jamaica with, and they were, Nigel was little. Uh, and that's with the uh, long dreads. Yeah. Long dreads. Huh. I can just remember his dad, like holding his hand, just like dragging him through those, the danger zone, you know, the belly of the beast and some of the Jamaica or some of these gnarly cities we were in at times. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy. I can't even imagine. I mean, especially like, one extreme with Bam and, and the partying and then having a little kid and his dad. Like, yeah, and me. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, the good news is all eyes are off you. The pressure's off. Yeah. When, yeah, when you just, get there, they're not screaming your name. They're either screaming yeah. Niger or Bam or Mike. I'm sure you've, you've heard it with older guys. And the, they're like, it, I feel so much better, freer now. I have so much fun skating after my pro, that career. Mm. I was, it, 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 a lot of weight lifted off. I didn't like that responsibility. Was that a hard decision or was it kind of forced upon you or like, how did it go? They, uh, we had contracts, right? Like written contracts. And it was like, towards the end, it was like, if we're going to renew it, you need to do more stuff. You need to come out here more, be more productive. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I was kind of fading out of that fucking, like, just that, that huge corporation of element and billabong and the advertisements and the like zoomies. And I'm like, dude, can't we just go like, keep it mellow and still make money and, and be like maybe more core. I had had enough of it, man. I was just, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. And I wasn't willing to like work harder to do any more with that situation. And people let like, you know, the old Donnie was gone. Kenny was gone. It, it was changing. The team had changed, you know, Donnie and Kenny were gone. So that's kind of like, I mean, Donnie's like, he was your ticket on, right? He's, he's yeah. your phone call and then he leaves and you're like, Ooh. Yeah. And that was my, those are, that's my style. Donnie Barley, like his skating Reese. Mm. Uh, and he Hughes, like we all have, know the East coast and similar terrain. Yep. Yeah. That was my shit. But it was awesome. Nottis was on at the end. Oh, sick. Got to like went to a trip or two with Nottis in the van. Okay, and Ray Barbie. Ray, Ray wasn't. I had left by the time Ray. Okay. And Brent actually was a big homie at that point. He was on. Okay, Red. I talked to Brent a while back. He seems like he's doing good. I think he kind of sobered up and he's like yeah. doing a lot of positive stuff up in Portland. 
Yeah, he was the one man that called me like seven years ago out of cold out of nowhere and was like, bro, you need to get on Instagram. People want to see you. We want to see you. Like, even if it's a shove it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's weird. Like, okay, Brett, <laughs> if Brett actually calls you, you answer. <laughs> yeah. You know, because he don't say too much. Okay. I'm like, okay, all right. So that was just my little Instagram story. Oh, how cool though. Yeah. Huh. Um, I gotta ask you about the uh slap interview. Were you was that like drug induced or like it was kind of like it was pretty trippy, I remember. Like it was kind of maybe uh, that was your you, introduction to Mystic or something. Yeah, I'll tell you because my brother is a philosophy major. Oh, really? A lot of Eastern philosophies. Mm-hmm. And at that point in our life, we were just tripping on that. And he did the interview, my brother. Oh. So he kind he we kind of um, manipulated a little to seem a little more like trippy. Okay. So was it kind of written up? It wasn't a traditional back and forth. It, was it more- wasn't like it wasn't um, like firing off back and forth. It was like, well, let's make it like this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The slap one, that was a trip. I, I, was, I was trying to find it. It's not, I mean, it might be online, but I couldn't find it online. But I wanted to give an example because I remember yeah. there was some stuff and I was like, God damn, I couldn't find it. It might have been a little corny, I, but it was, we were tripping. Yeah, it sounded like it. <laughs> um, a question I have for you, just real quick, my personal thing. I had an interview in Thrasher mm. and I was an amateur. It was like an eight-page interview. I'm pretty sure Jake told me that I was the one or only one amateur at first to have that big of an interview at that time. You might have to fact check that when you have free time, but I, I, I've been thinking about that. I want because I want to use that in my quiver, like some bragging rights. And like I'm pretty sure I, I was an amateur that had a big interview, and they didn't really do that. Who was on the cover? Oh. Uh, Fuck, I can't remember. It would have been like 99, 98. Oh, like right around the static video? Yeah, right after the static, 99. But he was like, we're hooking you up because we don't give big interviews to amateurs. Ah. He wasn't saying it. He was like, dude, this is sick. We're doing it. If he said it, I, I believe it to be true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he didn't like, he wasn't trying to like impress you with some fake knowledge. Apple pie, Chevrolet, mom? Nah. No, no. Yeah. No. Do you got like anything that stands out from your San Francisco experiences? You know, it's my favorite city. So I always like to hear how the towners tell me what's good about it. Yeah, that was really special in my life. Tony Cox, I met out here on the East Coast. Okay. And he was like, you can come stay with me in San Francisco. I have, I live with these guys. And it was Dennis McGrath and Matt McGrath. Shout out. And Matt Reasons had just left to go back to Philly. He was staying there. And that's what where a lot of his footage was in Thrasher around that time in, in mm. SF. So we, I got there and I, was, I met Dennis and we became friends. And Dennis would take me down to Thrasher and slap in Hunter's Point. Mm-hmm. This is all like in my mind from 30, you know, a long time ago. 
And dude, it was so fucking cool, man. Like we, he would walk in, introduce me to Jake. I might, you might have been there. I, I don't know. Every we go down, we go down whenever we wanted to. We go skate and then pop in. Uh-huh. Somebody would take us to the warehouse to get gear, shoot uh, shirts and hats and shit, stickers. It was so fucking cool, man. Mickey was around. Shout mm. out. I would see Mickey at night, like out at the bars, whatever. Oh, yeah. And he always had my back. Oh, my friend. It was cool. Yeah. Bomb in the hills. Dennis and Matt knew all the hills. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool, man. You guys were cool. Like, it was so embracing. And that's where, I, if I moved anywhere, it would be Northern California. Mm. Like, I feel like. Uh, it's in my heart. I love how it makes me feel. Okay. Hell yeah. yeah. I just love the air. Whenever I go somewhere else, when I fly back in and I get off the airplane, that first breath of air, it's different. And I just appreciate it a lot. It's, it's probably, I'm not saying it's better or worse than anywhere else, but it's so familiar to me that it's what I crave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love taking the trips up north from the city and driving, you know, oh, Mendocino. Oh yeah. Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful up there. Yeah. And yeah. the trees, I mean, you can literally me and my wife went up there and you just breathe better. Like you really feel the joy of just being able to breathe without like the city smog and all that stuff. They say that's like the number one benefit of living up there is the air from the trees. I believe you know, circulating it. it. Yeah. When I got to SF, they had just passed Proposition 215 Medical. Oh. You're 967, so, Dennis. And you could just like get a thing for your, what was it, an ID that they give you like a sticker for or something so you could get it, right? And you had to have a California license to get mm-hmm. it. But yeah. it was pretty big and like Dennis Perone was there that you know like that history was very interesting and fascinating uh-huh. coming from coming from this little town in maryland you know <laughs> it was cool holy shit and then I'll, I'll like watch like a weird movie like you know that movie milk about harvey milk yeah I'll just go and they'll and then you're like they're talking about dennis perone i think mm. i'm saying his name right and it was like, dude, I was there in 97. Like, I remember those billboards and shit. It was great. It's cool. Yeah. there. I mean, the history is, you go back east and there's a lot more history because obviously they were there first. But, like, we got some cool stuff in SF. Uh, the, the gold rush and all that stuff, too, is pretty cool. Like, some of the hills, like, outside of the city, if you go into the hills, there's, like, all the mines and different things that are really interesting. Yeah. So we, I stayed like right by the Panhandle. Okay. In the Golden Gate. So that was always, we'd always be in the Panhandle and then make our way out to the beach. Hop, skip in a jump from Hate Street, get get some yeah. like whatever they're selling on Hate Street and then head down to the coast. Yeah. And food and being like, uh. you know, all the food was amazing and the vegetarian natural food stores everywhere. Right. Yeah, that was cool. Okay, I got a little story for you. I, I hit up, uh, I see that you're wearing an Ignition skate shop hat. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, good friends with old Brian Sieber out there. And I hit him up and he, he says this. He says, he was real scrawny, but it didn't affect his confidence in the least bit. Always the funnest to skate with. The longer the wife beater he had, 
kept extending below his waistline, his pop continued to get higher. It's like basically you started out and uh, we use the term wife beater here because that's what we know him as, but we don't endorse wife beating at the very, at all. I just need to say that in 2022, you know, you uh, but uh, what uh, is interesting? He was like, you used to wear those under tank tops and uh, they would get longer and longer as your pop got higher and higher. He, he might be drinking too many yinglings up there. <laughs> He's like an hour from here. I, I talked to him. <laughs> that was the fad though. Those white feeders at the time. Yeah. Especially from Baltimore. Who, like who Bobby who influenced that? Coming. Was it Bucky? Bucky was an influencer. Yeah, I could see you doing this. Yeah. Okay. And and we were always behind the trends out here in the country, man. Like we go to the city, Baltimore City, and they had the new, um, the new styles. Uh, Brian is a big a big supporter of mine, man. When when I got on Instagram, he was one of the first persons like. What's up? Like, where we grew up skating together, you know. Brian's a solid ass dude. I um have the pleasure of waking up three hours earlier than him because I'm on the West Coast, so I get up early. I'm cursed with like five thirty a.m. getting my coffee at six, but he's one of the guys that I can text at six because it's nine his time. You know, yeah. So I text yeah. with him a lot in the mornings, and we just rattle each other's brains. Like this morning, I was asking him who had the best front side nose slide in the biz. Okay. What? What's you, who? Huh? Sava. Sava's in the. It's Sava's in the conversation for sure. Um, his was Lavar McBride. Good he, one. He like Lavar McBride. He's got this stereo photo at uh, EMB that he's got but uh there's also keith huffnagel mm-hmm. moses good one Akonin. good one yeah and then uh my little buddy poncho moeller cover of big brother good one <laughs> yeah what what do you th- you got uh i can just i can just stop feel, stop i can stop all right i can just see like him coming i can just get in my head yeah just wow uh-huh that toy machine video he's got a line to one right yeah yeah, oh, yeah. welcome to hell was great i watch that all the time dude so i met Sava. so this is the crazy story i met i'll make it short because everyone knows it but i met Sava editing thrasher video number eight in the um upstairs of my mom's house like fausto called me and was like can you edit this video so me, Paul Zwanich, and Sava edited this Thrasher video on a computer that was not meant to edit video. And so it was a, it was a crazy experience. But Sava was already, like at that time, the Toy Machine video was just about to come out. So I had got to like really hear the stories of like the Muska leaving and like all the gnarly shit that was about to happen and the death lands. Like that was a really, that toy machine video was like, it was a huge deal when it came out. We were talking about that here. Like Musk is gone. Uh, Josh Kalis is Lenny Kerr. Jamie Mm -hmm. Thomas is pissed. Yeah. You know, like we were catching that. (sighs) So crazy. Yeah. So, um, so hold on, my first time I met Sattva was in Tampa. 
like I was like 20 or 21 and he, I had known who he was and he knew who I was. We were all hanging with the crew at the hotel. He was like, watch this. He lit a cigarette, fully closed, jumped in the pool, went underwater with the cigarette and then blew the smoke out and it came up out of the water. Oh, really? yeah. Jumped in in his clothes. I'm not kidding, man. I was like, stop. <laughs> Some crazy pool stories always happen in Tampa. Remember it, Ducky it doing random. the thing off the top of the hotel? It was like a sequence, yeah, all the- a gainer. Yeah, he didn't. He just was like, "Watch this!" <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, the, and, and this, you blow the smoke out underwater, and it'll come up out of the water. Damn. Yeah. All right. Well, this is for YouTube viewers only, but uh, check this shirt out. I got. I haven't <laughs> smoked weed in sixteen years, but uh, I do got ganja in my brain. Ganja in my brain by Ross Matthew Tales. I'm so glad they legalized the marijuana. <laughs> what do you think of that? We chat all the time, Matt and I. Yeah. And now, another first impression from Matt Pales. First uh, impression of Rupp, I think, was when I was watching footage of Rupp, uh, and I was with, I think, Rick Oyola and Matt Reason, and they were like, "Yeah, dude, this guy's like the uh, the the Philly or the the Baltimore Quim Cardona, dude. He's sick. Switch everything, you know. He does the ninja legs, and they were like, <laughs> you know, and he had the ponytail, and so I was like, oh, this guy's sick, you know. And then I think the first time meeting him was maybe at a Satori demo. I remember looking out in this field and I was like, oh, that's that Rupp guy. And he's like, had his long hair and he was like doing some yoga with his shirt off in the sunshine. <laughs> like us, we were real, we were all real hippied out back then. So we were getting in the vibes and he was getting ready to skate. But man, he was just sick and we clicked right away and we've been friends ever since. Uh, but a really, another sick memory was when I was in Japan with him and he was skating that flat bar with Field and just him nolly back someone 80 and over that bar and just doing the ninja legs and it was just so rad. Switch back someone 80 over this flat bar that was at least like, you know, be a sick ollie pretty much. So, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's some good memories. I got a rupsta. All right. he's a good dude he put he kind of put me in touch with you more or less like uh your name came up through a conversation we had and then i was like yeah hell yeah yeah thank you yeah he's he's like i just i just talked to schmitty i dropped him he said yeah i'm like dude let's do it get him send him let's do it hell yeah um what do you think of his vibes do you listen what do you think of these songs and stuff that he's putting out Uh, dude i think it's I think it's awesome. He's so creative and he's been doing it for so long and you can see how he moves, you know, like he'll go to different studios. He's got a crew that backs him. Mm. And he's also speaking on Instagram. He's, he's skating a lot. Like he, he gets you fired up because he's, he's in these ditches and, He's skating a lot. Sacramento spot. You know, you want to go to a skate park and not push. He's like extra pushing. No, you want to go to the river, dude. It's 106 (laughs) degrees. 
<laughs> I'm like, what are you doing skating at noon? He's like, I love the heat. <laughs> yeah. Fucking gnarly Sacramento. Uh-huh. So, I, I was like, dude, can I come out? Can we go to Modest- Modesto? And he's like, dude, it's gnarly there. <laughs> so tell me about this, this, this Satori movement. Yeah. Satori false, you got a new wheel in 22. True. Yep. As true as the sun came up this morning. All right. I am very stoked and honored and fucking cocky. And I'm stoked. I'm like, <laughs> damn, Craig, because... You know, we all know Craig and Jedley. Shout out. Mm-hmm. So you'll be 25 years coming up here. Oh, is it? In business, yeah. Okay, and, good. Uh, Craig and I washed dishes at Woodward. Uh, That's how we met. Wow. And him and his buddy wanted to start a wheel company. And a lot of it, or a big part of it, we talked about at Woodward. Just vibe in. Do this, and you guys do this. And he's from Georgia. And we see him in Tampa. And we just kept connecting and he moved to SF. And when I went out there with Tony, I fucking saw him walking down the street, like no phones, like just saw him. We were out skating. We we're like, what are you doing here? And, and it was awesome. And then I had a wheel, you know, I had a pro wheel 20 years ago. Mm. And like, you know, I, I kind of like left. Well, I didn't have social media, so after Element, I was like, you could call me if you knew my number, but I didn't leave like a 10-mile radius for about 10 years. I skate. I was skating, but I, I was like private ramps and private, you know. So yeah. after the Element thing, I, I left. I just like left all my sponsors. I uh, I just was done with all of it. But Craig, Craig would call me every year once or twice say what's up and, and ask me like you want to go with me to here or you want to come out here da, 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 da. so um, satori craig always you know every year for 20 years he supported me that's amazing good dude yeah, and did, some, did some rad things with them in jamaica japan to go to the mountains in Japan because the Japanese, the Japanese with their mysticism and Buddhism, they were like Satori. They took us up in the hills and and taught us stuff. You know, uh huh. Epic, radical times. Satori, man, yeah, my they just re-released my wheel. I set them up on my kitchen counter. Spencer Hamilton, Brian De La Torre, Neen Williams, Jake yeah. Rob, what the fuck. <laughs> Whoa, and I got Neen Williams next week. Yeah, yeah, nice. I'll yeah. show my kids. I'll be like, dude, check this dude's Instagram out. See how many followers he has. <laughs> millions. I'm like, Spencer Hamilton or Neen. I'm like, look at this. Your dad has got a, has got a wheel of these dudes. Oh, my God. You got how many? You got two kids? Oh, my daughter's 19 and my son is 14. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is the older one getting into the restaurant too? Or? My older one goes to college up in, in pennsylvania she just finished her freshman year and she did oh, well damn. her name's kaya and then Caden is my son and he's a jock football he's like a football an athlete oh really yeah and they can skate a little bit but they could care less about dickies and fucking shirt <laughs> t-shirts like they which is awesome you know they don't they're not trying to to be like me or they'll go skate a little bit here and there, but they have their own little deals. Do they know who Peter Tosh is? Of course. <laughs> yeah. He's rolling over on his grave as we legalize it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man. Okay, I got a good one for you. Ready? Top yep. top five heads that we're gonna put on Mount Dreadmore. The yeah. five the five the five all time dreads. Yeah. You would have I mean, I think you might have to well. If I say on this, I don't want to like date my age because you know I feel like I don't want to leave out the Alva dudes. And, but maybe okay. my generation, you got to say Pales, Fields, and Rodriguez. Mm. Straight out of the iPad ad, <laughs> dude. A Dame Ademo Junior's dreads; those were huge. <laughs> Quim had some good dreads. Mm. Oh man, I don't. Craig had some good drinks. <laughs> yeah, but those the three mats. That's pretty heavy. Three mats, and then we'll just put two more in there. Uh, okay, three I'm mats. Gonna... I'm trying to think. Um, Carlos Young. Carlos Young. I mean, what an epic style! Like, yeah. Like that what about whole, uh what was his name? Milton? Milton Needs mm-hmm. live with Joey T forever for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say a damn a Delmo Jr. Quim yeah. and the three mats. Quim's gotta be in there just because it's Quim. Yeah, his fucking photos, man, that they're so iconic. Mm, I like it. I, I like this little uh rhythm I've got with these uh different Mount Rushmore's. We did the Canadian Mount Rushmore with uh, Desenzo. I saw that. (laughs) A lot of people were upset that he left Rick Howard out of the equation, just for the record. That wasn't me. That was Desenzo. (laughs) That can get confusing some because I kind of forget that Rick Howard is from Canada sometimes. Yeah. Like local girl in L.A. I mean, Colin McKay is He's a top contender. He's a vert skater, but he's one of the best of all times at vert skating. So it's tough. A lot of people were like sluggo because he's sluggo. There was so many, like I got hit up with a lot of DMs, like what? Like it was rad. I love when people come in with their, like they actually care, you know? Their feelings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Was was McCrank and a shoeing? Yeah, McCrank was in Appleyard. They were, I think McCrank and Appleyard were in everybody's. Moses and Mac now were high in a lot of people's, but uh, yeah, it was the last two kind of like you were like the three staples, Oops. and then these two, the last two get real like touchy feely with some people. Shaky. Yeah, it's fun. Um, that's funny. I like I said, I don't have a lot of patience, so I've listened to some of Talking Schmidt. Talking Schmidt, dude. <laughs> uh, it's way too long for you. Well, two notable ones that I enjoy were Fred Gall. Fred Gall saves monks, I swear to God. And then oh. an, al- an albino provoking oh, the sick. scope, which I don't know albino or never met him, but the house video. I was there. It was one of my favorite videos when that came out. I love that. And I and I know who he is just from following that stuff. I'm like, this dude's sick. I like his style. So I, I listened to that one. Albino's a beast. He uh I went and filmed these guys made um, right by Thrasher where the old Hunter's Point um, skate park was. They tore it out and put a new one in there. And yeah. I went and filmed the make the making of it. And Albino's just lifting these cement guns. I mean, the dude is, he's just, ah! 
And then he yeah. skates the same way. And then he's just all down for fun. Like he's so, it's a really good attitude. I like that. Yeah, out here, I like, I, there's so much shit out there, man, to look at. Uh, but you gotta, gotta, I'm like, I'm not watching that. I'm not, there's no way I'm watching that. Yeah. But yeah. I'm like, I know who this guy is. I'll buy, like, I know this. I wanna see this. And, and I was <laughs> tripping on Fred Gall, like, like talking to you and like the phone he's like yeah, like walking shit i love him like this is great yeah i think fred Gall's the same way like he maybe he has a little add or somewhere he's got to just be moving all the time yeah. <laughs> i like that do you do you have a lot of free time or not really i do have a lot of free time i feel like i you know what i work you- five monday through friday are you like into art or like, what do you, you're doing gardening and stuff? Like what I, kind of I stuff garden. are you doing? Yeah. I garden a lot. I love spending time outside. I live on 15 acres. Mm. So I have a little bit of woods too. So I love, I just hang out in the woods, man. Um, tripping out. The kids, they're on their own trip. They're older, 14 and like, well, the 19 is an adult, but my 14, he just, I don't uh, football practice football okay. games. Uh huh. Are you out by that compound out there where they do? Uh, what's his name? Uh, the dude that fucking goddamn. How do I not know his name right now? His brain fire, but he's got like the fire and all kinds of skate shit. It's like out there in East. It's by Pennsylvania, I think, in Ohio. Yeah, what? Oh, Skatopia. Skatopia, exactly. God, my brain. That's like. That's like I've never been there. That's ten hours away, but a group oh. of guys was going. Like Andy Roy's, I'm. I could go on a trip with Andy Roy to it next weekend. Yeah. No way. Yes, I'm, I just went on a trip with Andy Roy a couple years, like two years ago. I never met him. How How did that happen? Dude, my friend Lonnie out here is hooked up with Bam and Castle Bam, and Bam has his own big warehouse out there up here. He's hooked up with, he's a filmer, my friend. And uh, he knows Andy and got Andy to come out here. We went up to Boston in a minivan. Like, I went in a van with Andy Roy. Uh, Seaver actually was like, are you with Andy Roy right now? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I am. That rules. Yeah, it, was awesome. it was awesome, man. And we're friends. And we're friends, you know. Like, now it's like I can text him or whatever. Just skate shit, whatever. Family. Cool. He cleared his brain and he's so, I mean, that dude does skateboard as it, like he's so, I talk to him regularly. I love Andy. He, he's he got like a lot of knowledge and a lot of passion all wrapped up into that small little fucking, let's go, 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 go. We have, you know, I can, he, he's an elder and wise in some things that I need to hear because after Element there, man, I got I, I lost in the sauce. Hmm heavy just self-medicating with that you know pimp juke handles of the cheap vodka vladimir like that going that level okay straight pass the no mix it <laughs> mix it so we call it like pimp juice or mountain juice whatever right. you can mix it with well, anything anything iced tea soda cr- any mine, was, mine was cranberry cranberry <laughs> cranberry juice and 30 packs weren't cutting it no more you know oh wow and i uh I pulled myself out of that with some help of people and family and friends and talking, you know, Andy shed some good insight onto that. Hell yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like, yeah, yeah. Is that with Novak too? 
Novak too is on that trip. Yeah, is on a, a sober trip. Yeah. Yeah, both those guys. I've I haven't drank in. I think it's around six years, and uh, both those guys have like chimed in from time to time. I much like skateboarding. I feel like, and I'm not preaching. I I never want to preach to anybody. I have no regrets. Everybody do their thing. Um, but for me, having the camaraderie when you're trying to like improve your own, you know, whatever it is, whether it be just trying to lay off something that's hard for me to lay off, having the encouragement of people that you respect and love, like a dude like Andy Roy telling you like, dude, I know and and telling you some shit that shit goes so far. I think it's super important. A lot of, a lot of people find this path, the older they get. I mean, when you're 21, it's go, go, go. And then you get to about 40 and you realize you can't go, go, go. And you have to, save your energy for what really matters. I mean, this is my experience. Some people are Bukowski and they can do it their whole life, but uh, it's cool. Just like skateboarding where we have the camaraderie of like a little club of bro, you know, or girls or whatever that can encourage one another or just like, dude, give me a call. Yeah. And you're like, man, that, that made such a difference. Yeah. So big ups to them. Yeah, man. It's, it's been four years since I've drank. No way. Yeah. So in my life has gotten better from, from not drinking. You just influenced somebody. When you stopped initially, did you, um, damn pencil. He tells me you go from pints to pint trading in pints for pints. You lose alcohol and all of a sudden you crave sugars. Like were you eating ice cream or candy? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And plus I do. I like a stoner. I get the munchies, you know? Oh, right. Pretty normal either way. Uh-huh. But yes, I did eat a lot more. I probably gained a little weight, but fuck that, man. I was clear-headed. You yeah, know. The focus is incredible, right? It's almost almost to a fault where you can just like focus so much more and you're like, oh. My nerves were so shot. Anxiety, the hangover anxiety. It was, oh. it was time to stop. Like you said, it was cool. 20s, 30s, uh-oh, now what? Yeah. Plus repetition, man. Like we, we want we're creative people. You can't just be like night after night at the same stool with the same drink. Like it's like 20 years. You're like, eh, kind of need to mix this up a little. Fuck yeah. I mean, I do go to bed at 10. <laughs> I'm, a 10 I'm a 10 club now. I used to be a three or 4 a.m. or but uh, yeah, I, I, I've I never thought I'd say it, but I found um, a lot of I love mornings now. Like I love waking up and watching the sunrise and having the first go at the day before anybody else is there. It's like, this is mine. Like, it feels like I get this, like no one can interfere with me right now. And it's really cool. One thing I think it might've been a Jason Jesse interview. He was talking about not drinking and how he liked being in control. Hi, yeah. I find, you found me. It's hard to find me because I'm so into art. And I relate that to myself because like I can go out anywhere or anywhere and I can leave. I can drive myself home or I can help out friends or family. When I was, lo- when I was on it, man, you didn't, I, I, I only had a limited option. <laughs> There wasn't, I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, it's either a nearby bush or the back of your friend's car. (laughs) Yeah, so the ability to just be like, I can take care of anything at any moment because I'm not fucked up. 
Right. Yeah. Cool, man. That's good to hear. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, and Donnie Barley, big supporter. Shout oh, out. He, he, he was on a, he's on a sober trip for a okay. while now. Yeah. He was always calling over the years, like, dude, stop. Like, do you want to stop or what do you, you know? Da, da, da. It ain't easy. And that's, you know, we, we all have. So, and that, those are the terms that I feel comfortable with. Like, I don't feel comfortable calling myself an alcoholic or mm. using that term. And mm. like, I can relate to self, like the depression. Like, dude, if I can get the beer, that'll go away. Like these feelings. Right. And then they come back tenfold, you know, 12 hours later. <laughs> Deb- yeah. debil- dude, the debilitating anxiety. That's and not fuck all that noise of apologizing the next day. Like, fuck, no, what did I do? <laughs> that whole thing. I'm glad to be out of that. So what 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 is skateboarding like for you these days? Are you are you cruising into town mostly to just cruise around the streets or do you got a little yeah. set up in your uh thing or what? We have some nice parks, man. All these new parks being built everywhere. No way. There's a big, there's concrete ones everywhere. So we, on the weekends, I hit different parks. There's some in Baltimore, maybe okay. once or twice a month, I'll hit the street streets. If I, I call them, I call the younger guy, the street soldiers, like, dude, I, I'll go with you guys. Okay. You know, um, how, how, it, falls, how far is Baltimore? It takes me like 35 minutes to get into the city. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. I like and Baltimore. You know, at this point in my life, it's like, those street days really are, are, they take it out of you. <laughs> the park's mellow. Um, and it, like I said before, I, to me, the park gets old when the, when the park gets old, but when there's a new park, like if you go on a trip and you hit a new park every day, it's so fun. Like so just, fun. To, just to find the coolest part of this place you've never been at and like yes. get, get comfortable with it till you can like do something fun on it is like, that's a real cool experience. I have a I have a stepdaughter who's fourteen. Mm. She skates like a maniac. That's all no she way. wants to do. Okay. So I'm like, oh, sure. Let's I'll take you to the let's go. Where do you want to go today or this weekend? We'll go here. Uh-huh. So I, I get out and about, and I get to a lot of like functions or events, local contests for the kids. Uh huh. Through her, but through the homies too. Like Brian will do some events, and I'm 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 in that that community, which is cool. It feels good. Okay, well, you gotta help. You gotta be on Team Schmitty's trying to get Sieber on the podcast, and Sieber's down, but he wants to wait till Upson's down and do it together. So I don't know how we're gonna get Upson uh, yeah. down to <laughs> ignition, but. Uh, I fuck. I love that. I just people. I love that the ups in Seaver Lancaster. Like that's what a mysteriousness. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the rumor was that I was gonna try to come out there for a while and get to see a bunch of these areas because I've traveled a lot of the United States, but there's an area up in your neck of the woods that I don't know. I don't think i've even ever been to there's certain like i've never been to maine you know i think parts of connecticut like i've been in very small parts of connecticut (laughs) um i love baltimore we skated that spot where they filmed the wire they're like 
crusty yeah. banks and yeah, stuff the, in there. That's what it's called, the wire spot. The wire spot, yeah. That's what it's called, yeah. <laughs> but but Gary Smith is there with View Skate Shop. Oh. You, okay. Yeah, Gary Smith from OG. Shout out to Gary Smith. Shout nice. Gary Smith and View, man, they hold it up. He's he's a big rep supporter. Okay. I'm on the team. I'm on the he called Pit Crew when they closed and was like, Can Rut ride for View? And they were like, Of course. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, is there anything else we should touch on or do we do a good job? Well, I think we did, I said the kids, right? You got Kaya, Caden. Shout out. And, and Kelsey, Shout my stepdaughter. Out. They rip. They all rip at everything. What position in football? Uh, what is it called, dude? Running back. Oh, really? He can run the ball. Nice. And is he quick? Tough, he's quick and he's like, he's like a solid little bastard. Okay. And um, man, I was never into organized sports, but the responsibility and respect that has taught him is amazing. To play football, I'm sure there's gnarly, vigorous workouts that they have to keep their body in shape like all the time. All all praises due to those coaches, man. They get they fucking work all day, then go and coach for free. Yeah. On that note, man, and on that with the kids, you know that like skateboarding is really popular not to you but to people out there listening there's so many young kids these days in the female contingency mm. that's out there that we see all the time it's important that we support these the kids and the female contingency yeah, we've had issues i'm sure it's all over but there's some foul issues at these skate parks with people disrespecting with girls females or the young kids like, like right now, present day that we're dealing with locally, just bullshit issues. You know what I mean? I think we can all relate to that and, and, and fucking help qualm that, you know, yeah, be part well, of the solution. It's, um, it's, it's such a crazy one because a lot of times I feel like I live in a bubble. I live in a pretty progressive area. And so like what's in my neck of the woods isn't necessarily an example of what is totally out there in the entire country, but that yeah. stuff has to be. Taken I, I don't want to get like self-righteous right here, priest, but we're dealing with some very real issues locally, like present day that are foul. It's like, they got to go. They're not welcome here or in skateboarding. Yeah. Okay. Shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I was, I mean, I agree a hundred percent. The women skateboarding has evolved into something so cool. It's been fun to watch. Yeah. 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 Were you, were you a part of element when, uh, Vanessa or yeah, Vanessa was on element. Yeah. Yeah. Vanessa she, was, was awesome. She's kind of one of the best. She's just she's a, so she's cool. A badass. She's yeah. Bad, bad to the bone. She was cool. Mm-hmm. She kept us all in line too. Good. Uh-huh. She could, talking you know you know ripping fuck yeah yeah man fuck man it's really good catching up with you thank you i'm i'm honored i told my mom i'm like i was so bummed when we couldn't do it the other day yeah me too i don't want to like i don't want to like piss him off no not at all i was looking forward to it too we always end the show with a song dude I, i like the karate one the sizzler karate one. Okay, hell yeah. Whenever I think it's my, my kids know who Peter Tosh is, they definitely know who Sizzla is. 
Sizzla every time he reminds me of Cardiel. Cardiel kind of, he's the reason I knew who Sizzla was for the first time. So yeah. I, I got mad love for that. I'm, I'm yeah. down for that one for sure. Cool. Dude, I appreciate you taking the time and don't be a stranger. Feel free to reach out whenever. It's good to like catch up. It's been way too long. Super cool. I'm stoked. And I'm, a, I'm an early riser too. If you ever feel Okay, that. well, psh. I'm always looking for a good little, what I love to do is walk the streets with coffee, stimulating my brain and thinking I'm kind of like a curb your enthusiasm. Like I just, am trying to take the piss out of like stuff that I'm seeing or thinking. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder about that. Why is that? <laughs> I want to come out there and do that at sunrise. <laughs> yeah. Hit me up anytime. I, I'm always looking for a little companion in the morning. Cool. Thank you. We'll be the uh, coffee crew. Yeah. Tell everybody I said what's up. You see anybody? <laughs> I will do, man. Oh, yeah. And if there's any chance of you coming out this way, hit me up and let me know. Cool, man. All cool. right. We Peace. did it. We did it. <laughs> Take care yeah. of yourself. Yeah. Bye bye. Peace. Peace. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmidty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout-out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased.